Resurrected Ministry at the Resurrection Center. Uh, you can find us on any platform of social media. Well, that's, that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at TRC413. You can subscribe to our YouTube page, which is ResSense Spring. So we're, we'll be uh, sharing our messages there as well. You can also listen to us at ResurrectionCenterRadio.com. And, of course, our website is ResurrectionSpringfield.org. So I was having a chat with the folks that are here in the sanctuary before we went on air, so I'll just do a quick repetition. Uh, last week, what we talked about was the theology of first fruits, because as you see on our board here, we see that first fruits is August 25th, so that's coming this coming Sunday, and we're going to talk about why we're doing it on on that day. This week, we're going to talk about the divinity of first fruits. See, there's the difference. Theology is the academic understanding of first fruits. The divinity is the spiritual understanding of first fruits. In addition to what I'll be doing is I'll be talking about some questions that had cropped up uh, over the past week, and so I'll be answering that. One of which was, how is tithes looked at? Is it the gross of your income or the net of your income? Is it before tax or after tax? And the other topic of discussion is specifically, what is the amount of first fruits? How do we translate the agricultural knowledge of thousands of years ago into the financial aspects of today? So we're going to be talking about that. Now, one of the things that I talked about this last week, and I'll uh, reiterate again, I'll repeat again, that this year's first fruit celebration has been moved to October 25th, and it's due to the pandemic. And that, was in, that interrupted the plans that had been put in place. We were planning to do this around April, uh, April 12th. It was going to be done on Easter. This year's celebration will be more closely matched to the Jewish New Year, Rosh Hashanah 2020, that began in the evening of September 18th. The Jewish New Year is the first of the Jewish High Holy Days specified Leviticus chapter 23, verse 23 through 32, that occur in the early autumn of the Northern Hemisphere. The current Jewish year is AM 5780. The AM stands for Anno Mundi. In Latin, that means in the year of the world. And um, we will celebrate on Sunday, March 25th, 2020. So as I said before in my introduction, the question is, are tithes pre-tax or after-tax? Is it gross or is it net? So if do I look at the money I have in my bank account, or do I look at what the gross amount was on the paycheck? Well, let, let me give you two small scriptures to explain that. And, and this you can carry with you so you know specifically what it is. First of all, Deuteronomy says, be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. So it says a tenth because the word tithe means tenth. Okay? What does a tenth mean? For every $10, a tenth is $1. Uh, a tenth of $30 is $3. You just move that decimal point over. That's what that is, okay? Now let's address the issue of, of whether it's before tax or after tax. The answer is in Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30. I'll say it again. It's in Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, and I'll read from the King James Version. This is the answer. 
and all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. You see, the seed is like the tax, the part you don't see. It's the gross of all that is produced. So it is Leviticus 27.30 that teaches us that we are looking at the gross. If you make $100 and you are taxed 30%, your paycheck is $70. The tithe is 10% of the gross of $100. The tithe is $10 because it is 10% of $100. Leviticus 27.30 explains it's gross, not net. So that's the answer to that. We also talked about last week that the offerings, on the other hand, it has a different instruction. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, that's the offering. Now, an offering is that which is above and beyond the tithe. So first, it's, it's, the, offer, it's the tithe, I should say, and then it's the offering. An offering alone is dead, okay? It's the tithe because the tithe represents the obedience to an instruction that was given, and an offering represents the character in your heart, okay? So uh, that's what we'll be understanding. At the end of the day, people can choose what they want to do. You're not going to get an invoice from the Resurrection Center. Hey, honey, look, we got a bill from the Resurrection. Oh, look, we owe this amount. No, that's not how it works. The church does not force anyone. It's a choice that you make under God. So what our responsibility in in the congregation is to make sure that you're educated, that you're aware, that you're aware of what the teaching is. Okay, so it's, as I said before, it's a choice that you make under God. Be of good cheer when you tithe and offer. The same as first fruits. But as I talked about first fruits, first fruits is different. It's a prophetic offering, okay? And it is also a celebration. You will see that there's a ceremony. And I'm going to talk about the ceremony, okay? So... um, The first fruit offering, as I said, is a prophetic celebration of the harvest to come. Now, when we talk about the harvest to come, we're talking about a financial harvest. Thousands of years ago, it was an agricultural harvest. So what we're doing as we present in a ceremonial fashion that I'll talk about later, we are in anticipation because it's a prophetic. It's a prophetic offering. We're in anticipation of an abundance. We are in anticipation of of favor and provision. And that's why it's a prophetic. The Hebrew word for first fruit is, and I'm going to share it with you. We're going to use it a few times tonight. It's called bikurim. B-I-K-K-U-R-I-M. Bikurim. Literally translated to promise to come. So that's what it is, is by being obedient, we receive a promise. The Israelites saw these first fruits as an investment into the future. God told them that if they brought their first fruits, if they brought their first fruits to him, he would bless all that came afterwards. Did you hear me say that? Afterwards. So the idea is by presenting the first fruits before everything else, that which follows will be blessed, as long as you follow uh, the obedience to the law. Okay? Now, what I'm going to do 
is give you a little bit of vocabulary word. Okay, why am I giving you vocabulary words? Because we live in a financial society. We have bank accounts. We have cards, okay? But years ago, um, we, had, we had an agricultural society. So here are some of the words that I'm going to chat with you about. First of all, the word yield. When we, you read about first fruits, tithes, offerings, you'll hear the word yield. What does yield mean? It refers to the earnings generated and put into a bank account. They use that differently in farm language, okay? Let's talk about what we mean by an increase. I'm gonna simplify. You know what an increase is? It's your income. And, and the reason why I simplified it that way is an increase is you had no money before and now you do. Okay, that's what an increase is, okay? The harvest. Now before, the harvest is that which you collect all out in the field, okay? That's what a harvest is. In today's language, a harvest is your bank account. It's your bank account, okay? And then the basket. We're going to talk about the basket. It refers to your wallet or your purse, okay? It's where you carry your money, okay? So again, a yield refers to the earnings. The increase re re uh, refers to your income. The harvest refers to the bank account, and the basket refers to the wallet. We need to know these words because I'm going to be teaching you about first fruits, and it uses these four words. So we have to understand, how do we take something from thousands of years ago and translate it into a level of understanding today? Okay? So the second topic of discussion was the amount of first fruits. See, that was a question that came up. Um, and... Perhaps I could have done a better job explaining that last week. But here's the good thing. I will do a good job tonight. <laughs> so here we go. Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 10. So follow me on this. And here it is. Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye become into the land which I give unto you and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. I think we talked about uh, what a sheaf was. It was like that, that stock of grain with twine wrapped around it. So it's, it, it's something like that. Um, so a sheaf in agricultural times came from the initial reaping, from the initial part of the harvest season. It is a bundle of those grain stocks laid lengthwise and then tied together after reaping. So let's talk about first fruits. First fruits is the initial outpouring of a harvest before it goes into peak season. Did you hear me say outpouring? So what is happening is we're in anticipation of this huge abundance. And we know we have this huge abundance coming because God has favor and provision uh, on our future because we are his children, we have accepted him, and he loves us, okay? So what happens, it's an initial outpouring of the harvest before it goes into peak season, so it's before everything else. It is to be blessed by the high priest so that the remaining part of the harvest may be abundant. So what happens is that requires a, a celebration, a ceremony. You'll see the apostle here. You'll see uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Jose here. And when we bring forth, and I'll talk to you through it as we bring forth our tithes, uh, not our tithes, our first fruits, um, there's going to be a ceremonial process. That process has the nature of being blessed, okay? Um, so let me read Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, 
with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will be brim over with new wine. What do I mean by wealth? I and net we talked about before and after taxes okay um, the first offering of first fruits was the very beginning of the harvest season okay we are in a jewish new year we're about to enter into the next new year that we're familiar with uh january 1 so we are in it anticipation of the god's favor and provision and peace common joy in our households okay so our first fruits that we present will be like a sheaf of grain. It is a token of gratitude for what the Lord had done in the past for us, and more importantly, what will happen in the future. Remember, this is a prophetic offering in celebration. Those are the two things. It's prophetic and it's a celebration. The first fruits were brought in a basket to the sanctuary and presented to the priest who was to set the basket down before the altar. They were also to bring a lamb of the first year without blemish, a grain offering with oil and a drink offering of wine. The people were forbidden to eat of the crops until the first fruits were celebrated. So what happens is your blessings are released after the ceremony this Sunday not before, after. So then what happens, and you'll see it Sunday. You, it, uh, you, you'll be very, I'm, I'm very touched when I see this. You will see that when the first fruits are presented and it's put in either a mantle or a basket, then what uh, pastors and, and apostles will do is they'll wave it in front of the altar. They'll wave it in front of the altar. Okay, and what it is, they wave it in front of the altar as ministry unto the Lord to bless the remaining crop, to bless your future harvest, that means your future bank account, coming following the first fruit presentation coming in. See, the first fruits were harvested before the yield, that means the income of the remaining crops. Okay, now, this was the question. How much is first fruits? Is it a dollar? Is it 25 cents? How much is it? What, what is it? What is that? See, we learned last week that a tithe is 10%. When, when you hear about first fruits, you hear about, well, in Jewish tradition. You, you, have you heard that? You heard that phrase? Well, in Jewish tradition, this, that, and thus. Okay? Well, there's something called a Talmud. A Talmud, T-A-L-M-U-D. You can Google that later, Talmud. The Talmud is the central text of rabbinic Judaism and the primary source of Jewish religion and law and Jewish theology. Christians use it for clarity of the Old Testament or the Torah, which is the Jewish Bible. It's here we get the clarity of first fruits. Okay? So think of the Talmud of, uh, for the Torah as sort of a concordance for the Bible. And if you're not familiar with a concordance, let me tell you what a concordance is. A concordance is a reference tool to help study the Bible. It lists biblical words alphabetically with certain indications to enable the inquirer to find the passages of the Bible where the words occur, that kind of thing. The Talmud is kind of like that for the Old Testament, okay? The Talmud can be used in, in a similar way to help reference the Old Testament. But it is in the Talmud that that's where you get the understanding when it helps to understand when you, you hear, well, in Jewish tradition, 
okay? But see, it's documented. It's documented. It is through the Talmud that we understand the amount or value of the first fruits to be offered. And, and the structure of the Talmud is very different than the Bible. The first fruits described in Deuteronomy 26, verse 1 through 11, is, it, it, I should say Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 through 11. I will read that to you later. We're going to read that later. But in terms of our understanding that we had last week, that's in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 through 11, but I will read that to you later. Now, according to the Teramoth Tractate, Tractate is a section of the Talmud. So at the Teramoth Tractate of the Talmud, specifically Teramoth 4.3, a 60th part of the first fruits uh, of a yield from a year is prepared and in the 60th is a minimum that is offered. Let me, let me back up a little bit to give a little bit of clarity. In the Talmud, first fruits is explained also in detail in the Bikram. Remember we talked about Bikram? There's a tractate, meaning a section of the Talmud. So in Bikram 3.2, there's a tractate. And it describes what we already know about first fruits and what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now, according to the Teramoth Tractate, a different section, Teramoth Tractate of the Talmud, specifically Teramoth 4.3, a 60th part of the yield in, is to be prepared as a minimum. So what do we mean by 60th? It's 1 over 60, the fraction, 1 over 60. Okay? Multiply that by 365 days. What do you get? 6.3 days. That is where we get it. Now, also in the rabbinic um, tradition, and uh, as we normally do here in the Resurrection Center, it's the high priest, specifically Pastor Jose, who describes the amount of the first fruits. This is where it's coming from. It's coming from Jewish tradition. Okay? And we have a piece of documentation. So now you know in the Talmud, which is kind of like a concordance for the Bible, we are able to identify that through tradition, through thousands of years, that's what it equates to. Okay? It's a little awkward because the, the Talmud was based in agricultural times, but because it had that fraction, 1 over 60, that gave us the ability to understand it was over six days, okay? So, and that was considered a, uh, a minimum. It was also a, a greater requirement. I'm oversimplifying, okay? Um, and I'm doing that purposely. I don't want to cause any confusion. Some of you may not have heard of uh, Talmud uh, before. My point is this. It is part of tradition and is part of clear documentation. Is it the Bible? No, but it is of the law, the Jewish law, where they followed the Bible, and that was what, is, what was put in place. So that is why here at the Resurrection Center, uh, First Fruits is the equivalent of one week's salary. So what does one week's salary look like? What does that mean? Okay, What that means is if you get paid once per month, it's that monetary amount divided by four, which is one week. If you get paid bi-weekly, you get a paycheck every other week, you get a paycheck this week, but not next week, but you get one the week after, you cut that in half. 
because that's two weeks' pay, so that's one week. If you're like me, a, a business owner, where it's feast or famine, you look at your taxes. What did you make for the year? Divide that by 52 weeks. That tells you the average for a week. It, it is that, okay? So that's, that's the value of it, okay? So as in the time of Leviticus, the priest of the house educated the population. What is a first, what a first fruit entails? That's why I talked about the Talmud today. That's where it came in. It's a rabbinic understanding of the instruction. Say instruction. See, now you have the instruction. Okay? As in biblical times, the high priest instructs on the first fruit offerings. Today, first fruits is one week's salary. We take the Jewish understanding of the Torah, the Old Testament, by looking at the Talmud. Okay? So now I'm going to talk about the book of Leviticus describes the ceremony. Remember I said first fruits? It is a prophetic offering. It is also a ceremony. If it's a ceremony, it's fun. Dress up that day. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. This third book of the Bible in the whole Old Testament was developed over a long period of time, reaching its present uh, formed during the Persian period between 538 to 332 BC. So a few hundred years before Christ. That's the book of Leviticus. We talked last week that Exodus talked about the people. Leviticus talked about the instruction. Once again, say instruction. See, that's what we're talking about today. It takes place during the month or month and a half between the completion of the tabernacle in Exodus and the Israelites' departure from Sinai, and that's in Numbers. The instructions of Leviticus emphasize ritual, legal, or moral practices rather than uh, beliefs, okay? It's instructions. Most of the chapters consist of God's speeches to Moses, which God commands Moses to repeat to the Israelites. Then in Leviticus, God tells the Israelites and their priests how to make offerings in the tabernacle and how to conduct themselves while camped around the holy tent uh, sanctuary. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the book of Leviticus, okay? So if you could all stand, if you're physically able, I'm going to read this wonderful book of instruction, okay? Leviticus chapter 23, verse 9 through 14. Leviticus chapter 23, verse 9 through 14. This is a, a great passage, so let me read this if I may. And the scripture reads, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak! to the children of Israel, and say to them, when you come into the land which I give to you and reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And you shall offer on that day, when you wave the sheaf, a male lamb of the first year without blemish as a burnt offering to the Lord. Its grain offering shall be two-tenths of an epa, a fine flour mixed with oil, an offering made by fire to the Lord. For a sweet aroma and a drink offering shall be of wine one-fourth of a hen. You shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor fresh grain until the same day that you have brought an offering to your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. Amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that word. 
So now what I'm going to talk about is the importance of first fruits. Let's talk about the meaning of first fruits, okay? Okay? First fruits is a religious offering of the first agricultural produce of the harvest. In classical Greek, Roman, and Hebrew religions, the first fruits were given to priests as an offering to God. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 19, I'll read Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. The best of the first fruits of your ground you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, it says the best of your first fruits of your ground. Ground, that means your harvest, okay? Um, now I'll read Numbers chapter 18, verse 13. The first ripe fruits of all that is in their land, which they bring to the Lord, shall be yours. Everyone who is clean in your house may eat it. Okay, now, when we offer our first fruits, we attract. Did you get that? When we offer our first fruits, we attract divine increase and overflow. See? That's why it's a ceremony. And it's also prophetic. Check this out. When we offer our first fruits to the altar, we attract divine increase and overflow. In Proverbs chapter 3, verse 10, the scripture states clearly that so shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. In giving first fruits, you lay a foundation upon which your harvest will overflow. So that's why I said earlier in my introduction, I talked about we're in expectation. I'll tell you what we're in expectation of, an overflow. Okay? So that's what we're looking for. In giving first fruits, you lay a foundation upon which your harvest will overflow. Remember we did the vocabulary words? What's harvest? Bank accounts. It's a prophetic blessing for your future. Okay? The first time we see first fruit offerings, so when did it all begin? Where did we get this understanding? Where did it all begin? Um, the first time we see the first fruit offering goes to the time of Cain and Abel when both sons of Adam appeared before the Lord. The difference between their offerings is that Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's was rejected, okay? Abel gave the first and the fat, that means the best, while Cain gave an offering, not the first nor the best. Simple. I'm just going to simplify it, okay? Um, it's better if I read the story to you. So once again, if you could all rise. Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 through 7. Genesis chapter 4, verse 2 through 7. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. Then Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Lord, thank you for that.
for that great word. Uh, when it says, but you must master it, what does it mean to master something? Be obedient. That's what that means. Follow the instruction. So now I'm going to share with you the meaning and understanding of first fruits. I'll talk about four things. One, two, three, four. Number one, the literal meaning. Number two, the spiritual meaning. Number three, the Passover connection. Number four, the prophetic meaning. Okay, so let's begin with that. Let's first talk about the, the literal meaning. First fruits refers to the first portion of the harvest. We've been talking about that. It's the first portion of the harvest which is given to God. Most notably, the first fruits are a pledge or hope of greater harvest to follow. That means our uh, favor and provision to be received from the Lord. And it's especially dedicated to God. It's a worship. Okay? A first fruit ceremony is described in detail in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 through 11. I told you I'd be reading that. So note that the firstborn, whether human or beast, was also considered as God's special possession and can be considered a type of first fruit. That's in Exodus chapter 22, verse 29, and Exodus chapter 34, verse 19. So I ask you once again. Yes. <laughs> uh, but you don't have to, Pastor. Um, so if you could please rise. If you're willing and able, not that it's a requirement. But Pastor Melly, this is for the Lord. <laughs> so this is in Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 1 through 11. When you have entered the land of the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession of it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God, My father was wandering Aramean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, and the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery toil and oppression. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first flutes of the, of the soil that you, the Lord, have given me. Place the basket before the Lord your God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things that the Lord God has given to you and your household. And that's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse chapter 26, verse 1 through 11. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. We're talking about first fruits, people. And that is why we stand. Because today, days before, we are in celebration as well. Number two, I'm going to talk about this spiritual meaning. By giving God the first fruits, Israel acknowledged that all good things come from God and that everything belongs to God. 
Giving the first fruits was also a way of expressing trust in God's provision, just as he provided the first fruits so he would provide the rest of the crops that were needed. Note that the Feast of First Fruits was instituted when the nation of Israel was still wandering without land or crops. It was observed in faith that God would lead the people to the land he had promised. And that's the spiritual meaning. Now I'll talk about the Passover connection. Number three, number three, the Passover connection. Passover was not only the spring festival celebrated under the covenant, for the Israelites also commemorated the Feast of First Fruits and the Feast of Weeks or Pentecost. The Feast of First Fruits actually took place during the week-long Passover celebration, which is discussed in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 4 through 8, on the first day after the Sabbath that occurred in the midst of the week. Pentecost occurred 50 days after that Sabbath and marked the culmination of what started at the Feast of First Fruits. As its name indicates, the Feast of First Fruits marked Thanksgiving. See, it's a gratitude to God for the first fruits of the harvest. In this case, the grain and cereal harvested in the spring in ancient Palestine. That was the area. At this festival, the Israelites offered the very chief of harvest and were not allowed to eat anything, not allowed to eat anything from the crop until they gave its initial portion to the Lord. Lord gets what is owed to him first. Well, it's not owed to him. He owns it. <laughs> it's already his. And then we receive what comes afterwards. Okay, but if we are obedient, what we get afterwards is of abundance. It's of over overflow. So this required a great deal of faith on the part of the Israelites as they would be giving the offering of first fruits at a time when not so much as was ready to be harvested. They had to trust God that he would indeed provide the fullness, the fullness of grain that had yet to come. Fourth, something that from a human perspective was far from certain from giving people the utter dependence on the right amount of rainfall and, and so forth to give the best crop. That means they had to operate under faith. And that's what God wanted to see. Fifty days after the Feast of First Fruits was the Feast, uh, the feast of Weeks, Pentecost which was the grand celebration at the end of the grain harvest. On this occasion, the offerings of food and animals to the Lord were more lavish. And we see that in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 15 through 22. An appropriate way to thank him for the tremendous bounty that he had provided. Now I'll talk about number four, the prophetic meaning. Israel was described as the first fruits of God's harvest. And that's in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 3. Israel was to be a pledge of greater harvest in as much as Israel would experience God's redemption and witness of this redemption to the nations that they too, that they too might come to know God of Israel, our God, our God. In addition to the fact that God had promised that we too will be raised from the dead, in Romans chapter 8, verse 23, the Apostle Paul says that as redeemed people, we possess the first fruits of the Spirit. So to review, I talked about the meaning and understanding of first fruits, and that's number one, the literal meaning, number two, the spiritual meaning, number three, the Passover connection, and number four, the prophetic meaning. So that's all I wanted to say about the meaning and understanding of first fruits. Now let's talk about the five kinds of first fruits. What? There's five kinds of first fruits? First fruits? Yes. Even startled me. I couldn't even say it. There are five kinds of first fruits. Number one, the first harvest. 
That's what we've been talking about today and last week. Number two, Israel. Number three, believers. Number four, the Holy Spirit. And number five, Jesus. These are five kinds of first fruits, so let me explain them to you. In the Old Testament, God commanded his people to give their first and best portions of the harvest as an offering to him. And that's in Exodus chapter 23, verse 16, and Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 35. By giving the first fruits as an offering to God, the Israelites acknowledged that all the harvest, in fact, everything they had, came from God. We've talked about this. And it belonged to God. The offering of first fruits was likewise an expression of faith. Say faith, an expression of faith. That something else, the harvest of the rest of the crop, would come later. Therefore, the first fruits offerings acknowledge God's ownership of everything, expressed thankfulness for his provision, and anticipated what was to come. That's why we call it a prophetic, a prophetic offering. Now I'm going to talk about number two, number two, Israel. In a symbolic use of the term, Jeremiah called Israel the first fruits of God's harvest. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest, and that's in Jeremiah 2, 3. Just as the first and choicest crops were devoted to God, Israel was God's chosen. We talked about that here. Israel was God's chosen, and it was also his set-apart people. What's the third one? The third one. Believers. Us. Us. Believers. In Romans 16.5 and in 1 Corinthians 16.15, the first converts of a particular area were called the first fruits. Some translations use the term first converts, but literally it is first fruits, as we see in the King James Version. The same word is also used in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. In James 1.18, it uses the term which, with reference to believers, and it says, By his choice, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. The new birth we have experienced is only a preview of the day to come, when he will make all things new in a new heaven and a new earth. It's a promise. Okay? Now, number four. Number four. Paul said, the Apostle Paul said that we have the Spirit as the first fruits, and that's in Romans 8.23. The Holy Spirit is a foretaste, the first installment of our future glory. He is God's pledge of more to come in our resurrection of life. And number five, that last one, is Jesus. When the Apostle Paul said uh, I should say, when Apostle Paul said Jesus is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, and that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, he was drawing an analogy, an analogy between the Old Testament offering and Jesus' resurrection. As the Old Testament first fruits symbolized and consecrated the entire harvest that was to follow, Christ's resurrect, resurrection was a foretaste, a flavor, of the resurrection of all believers yet to come in the future. See, it was prophecy. His resurrection is our assurance that one day all believers will be raised from the dead and will receive a new resurrected bodies. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55, where it says, where death is your victory, where death is your sting. Let's go and review what I just mentioned. I talked about the five kinds of first fruits. The first, uh, the first harvest, 
which is number one. Number two, it was Israel. Number three, believers. Number four, the Holy Spirit. Number five, Jesus. So what have we done? What have we done? I've been chatting a lot last week and this week. We talked about, first of all, the important thing we answered the question is, what's a tithe? We answered the amount of uh, the first fruit. Uh, Last week, we talked about the theology of first fruits. That's the academic understanding. That's sort of the nuts and bolts, okay? Today, we went a little bit deeper. We answered some questions from last week. We sort of did a review of last week, and then we got into deeper. What my... What I want to bring forth now is the idea that it's a celebration, okay? Dress up that day. Be prepared for your future. You're, you're, celebrating, you're celebrating what God has to offer you. God wants to give you a gift. Be obedient to the instruction and be prepared for an outpouring. Be prepared for an overflow. Be prepared for this wondrous worship. It is better than a graduation. It is better than the first new child. It is better than a new puppy. (laughs) But it is better than, Pastor laughs, because I'm thinking Deacon Russell is baby there. (laughs) His look in his eye, I don't know. But be in anticipation. It is a time of celebration. What we'll have, and, and the, the pastor will explain it in detail on the day, um, is we're going to be, by family, approaching the altar with a fruit, an actual fruit, because it'll simulate, um, it'll represent the actual fruit, and with also your financial offering. What you bring forth will be put in a basket or a manta. And uh, then, with the assistance of the apostle, pastor and apostle, is they will be waving it in front. And the reason why they wave it is they are presenting the first fruits on behalf of us. They're representing us. So all the first fruits of the house of this church will be presented to the altar. That's, in a nutshell, what it is, okay? So I head up the Bravehearted Ministry. I'm excited to see you. My name is 